Thank you so much for tuning in. And if this is the first time you've ever listened in, welcome. It's Living With Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs, a proud ambassador for Endometriosis Australia. And in partnership with the amazing team there, this podcast is to get the conversation going about an illness that affects one in nine. It is a debilitating disease. I've got it. I deal with the pain every single day. And in this podcast, we chat to other endo warriors and ambassadors about their experience so you can feel less alone. We also catch up with incredible doctors and experts in the field. So make sure you listen back to some of the previous episodes. In this one, I'm catching up with a Sydney-based cooking enthusiast, media personality, and you first would have seen her pop up on our TV screens. In MasterChef, she is a really, really good cook. She also has got an incredible story to share when it comes to her endometriosis journey. It is Huda Hannaway. Hey, how are you going? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. We first saw you pop up on the TV screens in MasterChef many, many years ago. How long ago was that now? Um, that was around 2018, so it was season 10, which I believe is now three seasons ago. Wow, I bet your time's flown since then. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, I still remember it like it was yesterday, but then I remind myself, actually, yeah, it was three three years ago, bordering on four now, but yeah. What was the whole experience like for you? Was it what you expected or did you go into it having no real concepts of how the show was made and everything? Um, well, I think that was my first experience with, like, media, so to speak, so... I didn't really have any expectations, um, but I'm a very adaptable person. So I like to sit back, just watch what the process is, and then go with the flow. (laughs) Um, And you've since gone and you're still doing lots of cooking on YouTube. I've seen there's lots of your recipes that are popping up. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of cooking stuff now. In lockdown, that's kind of what you do too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And you've also spoken openly and honestly about your journey with endometriosis. When did you first get those those signs that possibly it's endo? I did get my period when I was 11 years old and um, I... The pain started roughly a year later, so about 12 years old. I experienced really severe pain all the way through my teens. And it wasn't until I was uh, 19 that I was actually formally diagnosed. The way I got diagnosed was that I, I kind of had enough, had enough of experiencing the pain taking days off school, just in agony constantly. So, yeah, I set out on that journey to to gain a diagnosis. Did you have any idea during your schooling years what was going on in your body? Did you go to the doctor and ask questions or you just kind of thought, oh, this is normal because back in our day at school, you got told that periods would be painful. Yeah, no, look, I, I was told that it was normal, you know, both uh, back in our day, in that, I'll call it that era, but also the parents, you know, my mum used to always say, no, that's normal, you know, everyone gets pain um, and, you know, some, some people get heavy periods and whatnot. So I was always told that it was a normal part of the process of puberty and getting periods and all that and I guess it wasn't until about 18 or so when I just, I kind of had enough. I said, look, I I don't care what, you know, what people are saying, but it's normal. This is not normal because why do people, like some people go through more severe pain than others. Some don't get pain at all. 
there's got to be a reason. Um, so I just started to do a bit of research on good old Dr. Google, which <laughs> I don't I don't normally recommend people do if they can't filter through information. Uh, but I did, you know, just to sort of get possibilities of what it could be. So you're seeing this endometriosis word pop up. Did you then make the appointment with your GP and say, look, I think this is what I have or what happened then? Yeah, look, I think back then, um, you know, we're talking about over 15 years ago now. So like back then, the word endometriosis was uh, pretty unheard of. And for me, I came to the conclusion that it was either endometriosis or polycystic ovaries. And that's when I set out to, um, you know, I went to the GP and I said, I think I've got one or the other. Uh, And he referred me to a gynecologist. Now, at the time, that first gynecologist was like pretty much wanted to almost, you know, hurry me out of the, the office. Um, and told me to get my thyroid checked and whatnot, but I wasn't I wasn't satisfied um, and not certainly not convinced. So I I researched a gynecologist at the time who specialised in in those two things and came across my then uh, gynecologist and emailed him with my symptoms, my history, what I thought it could be, and sort of, you know, almost begging for some form of explanation. You struck gold with that gynecologist. The fact you're able to email them and be like, what is going on? (laughs) I'll I'll be honest with you, I refuse to go in again to waste my time or theirs or like $250 Mm. as well to be told something that you know, I could have found out myself. But mm. it was more or less, like I said, right, that's the, you know, he said, come into my office, it sounds like endometriosis. And within a few days, uh, he was operating on me with the lapar- my first laparoscopy to confirm the diagnosis, which he did. And if you don't mind me asking, whereabouts did they find the endometriosis? So the predominantly my endometriosis grew on... Um, on my bowel, and uh, my bowel would often be adhered to my uterus. So they'd have to cut off, cut that uh, that section off, and clean out uh, all the endotissue, scarring tissue, and basically put my insides back in their right spot again. Yeah, it's like a um, jigsaw piece that's been stuck together it, with glue. Exactly. Yeah, I talk about it like it is, you know, something like that, but. You, you've got to have a bit of humour with these things too, you know. So Yes, there's a lot of uh, dark humour that goes down in my household with my husband and my family as well because yeah. or else you just will be crying through it. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that's predominantly where my um, endo grew. So when you got that news after you wake up from your first laparoscopy, you're a little bit, you know, off with the pixies and you got told, yep, it's endometriosis. Was there a big uh, weight off your shoulders knowing, yes, A, I was right and B, finally I've got an answer? Yeah, uh, like, absolutely. I, for me, I had just opened my eyes and I said, um, still grogging all to the gynae, I said, did you find anything? And he's like, yep, confirmed that it's endometriosis. And I was like, Thank God for that because, you know, you a lot of us go through this thinking that are we making up these symptoms or are we, 
are we in as much pain as we think we are? You know, you start to doubt and question yourself that am I just making a mountain out of a molehill? But to have it confirmed and to finally be able to treat it um, and, you know, start that journey as well of treatment, it, that was definitely a relief. Now, every person is different when it comes to their endo treatment. What have you found works best for you? For me, the unfortunately, my endo, I've had about uh, since then about, now to go back in counting, <laughs> let's say about 10 or so laparoscopies, um, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Frequent flyer. You know, yeah, frequent, exactly. <laughs> I wish I got points for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We'd be flying first class, wouldn't we? That's right, yeah. Um, uh, So every year at one stage, um, for several years, I was having a laparoscopy to clean out the endo because the pain was just getting um, worse and worse. When was your last surgery? Last surgery was uh, last year, actually. Okay. So, yeah. um, I, I actually... Did a this is like <laughs> the first time I think I'm actually saying this, but um, yeah, I actually did a hysterectomy. Oh wow! Last year. Yeah, we rip it all so, out. <laughs> I'm yeah, looking at doing that. Um, how are you feeling after getting that done? Um, you know, I feel okay. I actually feel. I mean, I know that it's not the it's not a cure because there's no cure for endometriosis but for me I got fed up with like just nearly every day nearly every day just being in pain having I got to a point where I have to be on a pain management plan um with my gynae uh and that for me I mean I I did have uh I've got three beautiful children and I think I was like yep that that was I was very sure that that was uh, enough for me. Um, And now it was time to sort of try and put the endo situation to bed. Um, And, you know, since doing the operation, I have been relatively pain-free. And I think I only experience pain like every now and again from it. That's fantastic news. You can finally get yeah. your life back. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, it got after after the birth of my um, third child, it did get to a point where literally the only relief I would have every month was a few days of no pain, but then I was in pain the rest of the time, mm. and I couldn't. Do, I, I really, it was it's debilitating, you know, as as you would uh, know uh, that you experienced it. So. For me, it was more or less saying, yep, okay, uh, I'm very grateful for my flea um, and now it's time to just move on. Do the kids notice in the past when you've been ill and do they ask questions like, why, mum? Why are you in bed? Why are you sick? What's going on? Yeah, so um, uh, I they know now if I say mummy's stomach's hurting, like they know, you know, I have to use that excuse all the time. Obviously, children don't understand the full extent. Yeah. Um, of situations. So I would just say, uh, you know, mummy's tummy's hurting. Or if I had uh, laparoscopy done, I'd say the same thing. Oh, you know, mummy had to have surgery on the stomach because stomach's hurting, uh, that sort of thing. Um, which the, which is, it, it's sad that they actually got used to that. Mm. So now they defaulted every time 
that I was unwell. They defaulted to, is mummy's stomach hurting, you know? <laughs> okay, that's really bad because, no, it's not, you know, I could be just ill with the cold or something. Well, but, hopefully things change yeah. and the kids notice, oh, mum, mum's re- doing really well now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that for me, I wanted to, I did want to regain my life back for them as well. I wanted to be there and present for my kids, have the energy again, you know, to just just be mum and enjoy motherhood. And one thing that you are determined to do as well is raise awareness about endometriosis in the Middle Eastern community. So how are you doing that? I've had a lot of people through social media reach out um, about or just be want, uh, wanting to share their story with me mm. about uh, endometriosis and their their own experience with it. Um, unfortunately, in our culture now, I'm of Lebanese background, but and and I am Muslim as well. So we we would I would say we would have a cultural and also a religious based sort of pressure mm. where things are still considered taboo and not spoken about. Um, so for someone, you know, I decided to use my platform as a bit of a role model, if you like, or a, or a, a speaker on behalf of women from the same uh, cultural and or religious background who may feel that they're uncomfortable to talk to a doctor or even family members about the issues that they're having. And so I decided to use that platform to almost just, you know, start to chip away at the surface of uh, well, you know, we're still too scared to even say the word period. Yeah. It's time to change that and it's time to get the help that you need. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be in agony for many years to come. Well, with some cultures, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you get your period and you're Muslim, you're not allowed to pray. Is that correct? And it's like as if you're kind of pushed to the side? Yeah, well, it's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right in hindsight. So with... Um, periods and and sort of prayer or spiritual ritual mm. uh it, it's almost considered if you want in formal english terms as a state of impurity mm. but it's it's more or less as well uh giving you uh i mean it's there for us to also have the opportunity to rest so a lot of people just take it as oh you're you're dirty you're not clean and mm. that's why you can't fast or, or pray or anything like that. But actually on, on the flip side, it's also that um, it's been given a break for us to be able to take a break from our spiritual acts and things like that to to rest and rejuvenate and come back strong like every month. Yeah, it was really fascinating <laughs> reading into it and just realizing how different cultures um, look at periods and, you know, growing up in Australia, it's like, yep, that's just the norm and you go about and do that. But, you know, different parts of the world, people are treated so differently. Really does blow my mind. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're yeah. being a voice and you're able to have those conversations with others in your community and, and just make them feel not alone, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done in that area. Mm-hmm. And I'm nearly just, like I said, you know, tr- chipping away at that surface. But as long as we start, the, the first thing that we need to do is get comfortable with terminology. And once we're com- comfortable with that terminology, we can then start to articulate and address 
what it is that we're experiencing, when we're experiencing it, and what help, you know, that we might need uh, to overcome the whole endometriosis saga. Yeah, well, and seeing endo just popping up in my newsfeed constantly means that the conversation is definitely getting out there. Now, you were on MasterChef. You are an incredible cook, and we can check out on your YouTube channel. Give it a plug quickly. Thanks. Um, it's Huda Hanna- Well, I've got the website, hudahannaway.com.au. Have you found that there's certain foods that will help during an endo flare-up or foods that will really bring something on? Yeah, look, I think I've, I've kind of seen a correlation between um, FODMAPs. Now, I think the I think FODMAPs are what's being thrown out there. It's the new buzz theme mm-hmm. for diet, uh, dietary requirements. I feel, uh, for me, I feel that anything uh, high in FODMAP has exacerbated the endometriosis or that feeling of uh, bloatingness and whatnot. And so I kind of used to stick to, uh, you know, where I can. I I never, I don't believe in eliminating completely things out of your diet because I think things are there for a reason. But just making some switches like eating low GI um, multigrain breads and and wraps and things like that for for good carbs. Mm. Those things, you know, adding spices as well, working with different spices such as turmeric. Um, I think it was it last year or the year before I developed a scone recipe for dates and turmeric scones for Endometriosis Australia, you know. I love to play around with food and, you know, what tra- traditional foods and I love to make them sort of friendly to whatever dietary requirements people have. That sounds delicious. And I'm also just checking out your website. What's the dessert you're mastering in? Yeah, it's called um, Znodelsets, which is when literally translated, it's called Lady's Arms in English. It's it's a beautiful Arabic uh, clotted cream with the crispy phyllo pastry that's fried, dunked in sugar syrup and decorated. Um, but I've kind of taken that to the next level and now have been just playing around with different flavours, uh, making it vegan friendly as well. And um, now I'm supplying some restaurants with it. Wow. I want to eat about a 12 yeah. dozen. They look so good. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to be eating when I'm not feeling great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want that comfort food. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely do. What's your one piece of advice for someone who just discovered that they've got endometriosis? What's been your big learning over the years? Um, big learning for me has been really to take a step back and give yourself time to recover. Um, and and the best way to describe that is be kind to yourself. Don't feel guilty for um, you know if if you've got kids or or you have work to do whatever that you need to take a break from that because um, I think that for me aided um, in my recovery from um, endo uh, related pains a lot quicker than when I just kept persevering through it. Thank you so much to this episode's guest, Huda Hannaway. Make sure you give her a follow on Instagram and check out her website because she has got some amazing recipes you're wanting to be whipping up at home. 
Make sure you check out the Endometriosis Australia website for everything you need to know about this illness. They also have some really educational medical webinars and tools for endometriosis. There's so much goodness on the website. So check out endometriosisaustralia.org. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And if you did enjoy it, make sure you give it a five-star rating. Leave a comment because by doing that, you are letting other people know that this podcast actually exists. Share, get the word out, and let's continue to spread the conversation of endometriosis. Have a great day and stay safe.